0: Hello, listeners. Today, we're going to dive a little bit into chat GPT and generative AI, since I feel like we certainly seem like we're on the edge of an AI precipice these days. I'm Fran Plaro, Senior Editor at Pharmaceutical Executive, covering the sales and marketing vertical. Farooq Kapan is the CEO of Eversana InTouch and the Chief Innovation Officer of Eversana. Farooq began his first business at age nine. Wow and went on to create mswatch.com, the first and largest online community for people living with multiple sclerosis before founding InTouch in 1999. Today, he leads thousands of employees around the globe with a focus on bold innovation in a people-first environment, and he's equally passionate about sports and shoes, which we could have a whole other conversation about.
1: Farouk, how are you today? Thank you, friend. Thanks for asking. I just want to clarify that I didn't start InTouch at age of nine, but uh, my first business was selling light bulbs. So just on the street. So just to be clear, oh, uh, right. doing great. It's just amazing times, you know. Um, it's just amazing times. It almost reminds me 25 years ago when I was starting again with internet, and now it feels a similar feeling. And it's exciting times for sure. It does. It's like it's like you know when we first popped open that
0: you know the search. You're like, wow, this whole world has just opened up to me. So let's let's dive into what we're going to dive into, which is ChatGPT and generative AI. Let's approach it from a high level for now. So tell us a little bit about both of those things.
1: Definitely. You know, AI has been termed for many, many years in any industry. And, you know, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't there. But uh, three, four months ago, we started to hear about something called ChatGPT. It's basically a variation of GPT-3 language. And it's basically why it's so different than others is that they really perfected what we've been trying to do for the last 10, 15 years in the uh, AI industry. And this one, actually, GP3, I don't want to get into too technical, but about 175 billion parameters built into it. Basically, they went back and let AI read, I'll just make a very simple layman language, read tons of articles, tons of website, tons of data, and trained on them. And this new chat GPT or, or generative AI now can create images, sound, text, and in a crude way, in many different uses of it and create this thing in a almost, I just say, perfect way. Of course, it's not perfect, but uh, it's uh, scarily accurate and it's scarily correct uh, when it's creating this material now.
0: Yeah, I messed around with it a little bit. It, it's it's pretty impressive. And it, it seems like there's a way to approach it where you can use it smarter than other ways. What was that term you we talked about the other day? You know, as as you're
1: piloting it, what are the smart questions to ask? Uh, basically uh, we are talking about prompting obviously you can really you don't need to be a developer you don't have to be a creative person you don't have to be a consultant you don't have to be a doctor but if you use the right prompting basically typing there or speaking to it correctly that creates really much accurate much correct material back to you i give you a very example actually this is why it's scary to me people just think oh it's only for the writers, is only for the creative people. I just wanna clarify, this is for everybody. Every human beings can utilize and make their jobs, make their life easier. And the, and the scary part, I was gonna give an example. If you think about it right now, how we do search engines, we ask a question and we get 50, 60, hundreds of response back. And then we gotta dive into each of those websites, what we are looking for. With generative AI, it really will know when we ask the question correctly, prompting correctly, it will tell us exactly what we need to do. And I think I give an example. If you're in a diabetic person looking for a recipe or, or, or a medicine type for yourself, you need to really ask the question. It will literally tell you what the recipe is, what the things to look for, and even how you can acquire those things, uh, buy those things uh, quickly. So uh, that's just a very simple example, but it is much deeper than this, of course, but the capability of AI.
0: And it learns, right? So I am a diabetic who wants to make muffins today. And then the next day you could say, I want to make, you know, I guess a gluten-free pasta or something like that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually you can, everybody can have their own AI version as well too. Like you said, it can train on it and whatever you're a doctor, you're a housewife, it doesn't matter. It's just, and I can explain to you how exciting and scary at the same time (laughs) the capability of that is.
0: I feel the same way. So I'm looking at your shirt there. For our listeners, Farouk's shirt says, AI won't replace you, but people using AI will. So let's delve into that a little bit. Obviously, we have these instinctive fears about AI, especially now that it's becoming more of a reality. You know, we've heard this coming, but now it seems like it's here. That generative AI can be super effective. So will AI make a lot of us redundant? Is there anything we need to worry
1: about? It does. If I really explain that motto, which is very important because this is where I will tell our employees right now and they're all playing with it, they're all learning. And there are two types of groups that you don't wanna be in too much. One is like, they are overly excited. They think this is gonna change the world tomorrow. They'll get disappointed because you know this is iterative. It's definitely a huge step. It will take time. It's not perfect. There are a lot of downside to this as well. But as a company employee, as a person, as a professional, if you ignore this and don't start to use right now, play with it, I'm asking. Don't go implement everything in your business, you're gonna miss out. You're gonna be really, you, I mean, AI won't replace you, but people using AI will. So, uh, to give you an example, if the project of something you do is 100% task and you don't wanna start from 0%, AI can get you started from 50, 60, 70, 80% sometimes. And I think you need to really learn how to use it, how to play with it. Of course, find the mistakes, find the downside so you know we can all get better. But uh, I want to really tell people, please use it. Please don't ignore this as a CEO, as a pharma company, as a publisher. This is really going to change how we do business. The good news, actually, it's not all negative. It's not like, oh, we're, we're going to be out of jobs. That's not true because we're going to be all different. Our jobs will change. Our lives will change with this technology. Take it as a positive, just like internet, when the first iPhone, when the you know, first maybe color TV came up. That's how it's actually much even stronger than those, those changes happened in our lives.
0: Yeah, it's, it's certainly very exciting. Okay, so how is generative AI going to assist existing pharma creatives, for instance, and other content creators, even editors like myself?
1: Absolutely. And I think to me, that's the immediate part. We can all today experience those changes and what we should do as an editor, as a as a writer, as a creative person. And right now in our company, we are allowing our creative team members to have access to these tools. We are very minimal payment we do, but it's really literally not a huge expense. But what is important, and as they play, we start to put some rules. We start to learning that, okay, we got to watch out the copyright or is there a concern about legality? Hey, don't go and ask ChatGPT an article on pharma and then publish it. That's not the way to do it. There are a lot of downsides and inaccuracies So our copywriters are now going able to ask a question about a disease state and educational content, and then they'll take it back and they need to massage it or basically edit it, make sure it's correct, make sure references are right, not wrong. And the creative person can prompt to say, I'm looking, I mean, I'm just always make this joke about, I'm looking for a mid-sized, mid-old couple on a beach walking on white clothes, or they're doing a shopping in a far open farmer's market. And, and, you know, joking way, but it is really possible. And the creative guys can definitely start with like, Hey, here's some material, some ideas. So how can I make this better? How can I make this into my campaign or my project? So all of us going to learn, you know, even as CEO when I'm writing an email or content, I'm able to get initially a good information from chat GPT and variations, and it's going to change our jobs. And over time, like you said, they're going to get smarter as you learning that what you're looking for, what's your job is. Because right now, like in those of you playing with this thing, instead of asking a simple question, what is type 2 diabetes? And you might just say, act like a a dietician, act like a doctor or a healthcare professional. Tell me what are the things that I should look for in type 2 diabetes latest development or, you know, as we mentioned earlier about diet. And it's going to give you much more specific information over time as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, what comes to mind for me is like, there's so many people on social media. So delving into social media and social listening, I would think like, you know, what are people talking about with this, you know, and there's a lot of people trying to come with rare disease drugs. And what are people talking about with these specific diseases? It seems like it'd be super helpful just to get the ball rolling, you know, just absolutely. so with sales and marketing teams, how can it be used for communications, both in push and pull sales
1: scenarios? And we talk about Omnichannel as a pharma marketers for five years. We are all sick of it because it's so difficult, so many data everywhere to bring those customers, one customer, unique customer, look of doctor and patient. I think this will be an amazing solution, actually. It's not just content for the sales and marketing people to know. I mean, once you feed the correct information, data, it will learn, you know, doctor friend likes to be on Medscape, for instance, might be, or they really like emails at, I'm just gonna make a, you know, a assumption, 5 p.m. on Thursday evenings, they read. And they also like this magazine, they also like this medical things, or they might not like the rep access at this time or, or if the rep likes this information. So actually, uh, generative AI can really help our sales rep, our marketing people, what to show, when to show, how to show, and then once the feedback is taken again, improve it again to say now, We need to write this way to this doctor or communicate with this patient this way, this level. And I think these are all in the past was like, oh, this will never happen. It's not going to work. Now it's really within our reach as a pharma marketers and healthcare profession helping them. We're going to feel better about this. Also, we'll write the right content, right material for them.
0: Yeah, there's so much talk about personalization right now. What else I've noticed about just studying a little bit about Chat GPT is that if you have your own data silos, obviously it's not the entire world of data, it'll be even more specific and more effective because it's your data and you just keep adding to it, adding to it. And like you said, you know, you come back from a sales meeting, you know exactly what to send. You can even ask it what's a good subject line for this content, right? It seems like a no-brainer and also seems like it'd be amazing for because we have these old sales teams in pharma maybe um, helping with the change over to digital, like training yeah. some of these older guys about how to embrace digital more, right?
1: Yes. And th- let me give you a couple of examples. I know probably you'll ask later as well, but it's just, just about text, content, and image. And we are right now doing real life. Th- here's an example. We have a client of us have uh, experts and advisors, you know, in all around the world, in Europe, in US. And every time... In the currently, when you want to make a video to say, I want to record this doctor saying these things, educational, and then make sure those script actually needs to be approved by our medical regulatory, by our clients. And you have really, a, you have to send a cameraman, you know, for the people, even though, yes, you, they can do iPhone, but it's still a lot of hassle. And imagine you collect these things and then you submit it back to your med rec or thing. Sometimes they say, no, we cannot say this. We cannot do this. and You have to literally either cut, edit make things to work and or reshoot again with this ai technology which we did right actually we have a real examples in in the field that we recorded either an avatar a real doctors their faces and their body and then we can actually type in whatever needs to be said of course by the approval of the both pharma and the, the the doctors we can actually reshoot as many as you want because as soon as we change the text The video can adapt to the correct text now and script and and speak. So imagine how much actually we can save to our clients as well as and make things faster to public. If video is the right way to educate patients, now we can really create these things much faster than what it used to be. Just one simple example of it, but I think this will go much beyond that.
0: That's crazy. So like a pre-approved script, like the speed of that is incredible. Just getting the content out there to the doctors getting it out there to patients. As long as it's like you said, it's already approved, right? It's, the regulatory is taken okay. care of. It's yeah. very cool. And
1: another bigger task for us as pharma marketers and, and also like FBI, this is beyond marketing. I just want to tell our pharma friends, executives here, you can be in R&D, you can be clinical trials, you can be med- info. There is tremendous opportunity for us to use your data in your area to invent, reinvent uh, new molecules, new way to do clinical trials, how to re- look at the Medinfo data and be able to extract. And actually, we kind of make it talk to your data now. That's kind of another term we are trying to put there. And it's going to be crazy amazing what we are going to do in pharmaceutical alone. I use the word right now, and it's not my word, but pharmatize the chat GPT and generative AI. That's the next step is for as a pharma team members, how we can pharmatize what is available to in general public data. Now we need to educate them, train that chat GPT or generative AI in our own environments and then make really amazing thing, helpful things to doctors and patients. And I'm super excited. I can not tell you, of course. Yeah,
0: it's it's very exciting. So we've heard a lot about, and I kind of touched on this a little bit before, we hear a lot about how all these companies have these huge data silos and, you know, there's teams not communicating across other teams. It seems like this is also a great solution for pharma companies as a whole to get information all in one shareable place and to be effective you know, into the future. What, what would you say about data silos?
1: Absolutely. I think that's part of the omni-channel challenge boss, and any challenge in pharma. Marketing silos, sales reps, they have different systems. The very good news about in this technology uh, that actually you can be unstructured data, you know, in a terms that it doesn't have to be perfectly matched and corrected. Actually, AI can learn from it. One of the things that my pet peeves, I'm sure you do the same thing. When you're in the help desk, you need something to find, right? You know, how do I do this? You have to go to this knowledge basis, searching on the internet, and even not the technology. Sometimes your air conditioner doesn't work and you see this error code. What does it mean? Imagine once this AI is learn or educate your knowledge base, your information, all the history, you literally will tell you what to do step by step rather than you're diving into things. So I think in pharma, EHR data, uh, their own sales rep data, their own databases, be able to connect each other and talk and be able to really give you the correct information. Of course, it will take training like, hey, the first time 80% correct, 90% correct. We're going to get there to 100% or close to it. Definitely, this is an amazing opportunity for us to break those silos and also be honest, like don't be defensive that, oh my God, my job might be impacted by this. It will. And you are the better person to be the one to adapt to this. So it's, again, it definitely, AI, AI won't replace you, but people using AI will, if you don't. <laughs>
0: and it seems like, so like we said, we're on the precipice, right? So we're going to be hearing more and more. You already, like in the past few days, we hear about Google and Google Bard and how like it made an error. Was that yesterday it made an error and everybody's freaking out and the stock went down like a, a, yes. a lot, like they lost a lot of money. Bing has a solution and Alibaba, it just seems like a very exciting time, kind of like the beginning, like, like mm-hmm. you said.
1: I also warn people like, you know, I'm not a stock market expert, but f i i will have another bubble probably here too in a few years or a few months. Everybody's jumping into this. You'll see a lot of hype. So obviously you have to be careful. As a, I think mean, that's why we are human. We still have certain things that uh, AI won't have that you have to be careful and there's going to be hype about this and you know some startups going to come up to say i'm going to do this and probably it's not going to do perfectly especially in pharma like a one mistake one wrong reference get us in trouble to our clients we cannot make claims and things that make sure we do the right things for our clients so it's a regulated industry but as i said this is also can be educated trained and make it right for pharma it will adapt to pharma needs as well
0: yeah, it seems like pharma is going to have to be super specific with regulatory and even things like ethics, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's end on a fun note. I don't want to get into like the dark stuff and combine <laughs> combine AI with like those Boston Dynamics robots that scare me and like the Terminator series. So I think we should talk about like, what are some of the fun things that you've worked with in generative AI, you know, beyond chat GPT and um,
1: just end on a good note. Absolutely. I think you're very well pointed, hey, are they downsides to it? I don't want to ignore them. okay, the accuracy is the wrong people in the wrong, the technology in the wrong hands can really cause the problem. And I'm gonna give a, a fun project i'm I'm working on, and you know we all tired of those Zoom meetings and uh, team meetings in back to back. And now of course, with generative AI, you can actually transcribe people what they're saying. It will tell you what are the action items, you know literally accurate your, your admin. And I kind of asked myself, how about can I really create a synthetic Farooq or, you know, a, a clone of myself? <laughs> and I start to play with my voice. As you know, most of you are probably need a transcription for my podcast for this one, but which AI does actually. And I'm going to just share with the, uh, the audience that a, a very quick, uh, uh, less than two, three sentences. And then I explain. I am working on my clone to attend online meetings. My clone will take notes, interact with others, and will let me know action items. He will also do those action items too. So I use a very simple technology here. I'm not saying simple technology, but a, a free version of a voice cloning app. And also have apps that actually create my image in different ways. In, you know, It can be in a Pixar style. It can be a real professional, even myself. And they learn my voice. And, and I, I can type anything in it and pretty much it will say things. Obviously, it can be used dangerously against me too. You know, uh, Farouk said this, but if <laughs> I imagine, you know, I really train this, my voice and even my, like, give my information what I do, is it possible in the very near future that you can have a synthetic Farouk attending company meetings, understanding what people are saying, responding and taking notes and, you know, it will be amazing. Can you imagine that? we all have a maybe clone of ourselves or synthetic of ourselves acting. Again, this is really fun. It's not necessarily I'm saying this is what I will do or this is what we should do. But imagine in our meetings or interactions, we have like AI is listening, helping us and taking action items and even interpreting, you know, when we have an argument, maybe like, hey, this is what friend means. This is what Faruk means. There is like, it's amazing. We can have secretaries, we can have Project managers, uh, synthetically, we can have executives like me synthetically giving advice. So it's going to be all possible. This is very exciting.
0: Yeah, it seems like a whole other industry can just branch off of that even just to like claim that things are authentic
1: or not authentic, you know? Definitely. There's the ethical part of it. Definitely. I, I 100% agree with you. But again, as human beings, we are resilient. We have seen many things in the past, you know, 100 years, how much things happen here. We all adapt to it. You know, robots gonna come and take all the factory jobs. Yeah, it did, but I think our our uh, they become more professional in what they do. We still need blue collar. We still need to grow farmers, but they are using technology now with GPS with those giant tractors. You know, they they're all using technology in the right way. And we as human beings, we're gonna adapt to it. And and it goes back to my line: AI won't replace you, but AI people using AI will. And I really look at it as a, I want to leave audiences like be positive. Really, there is there are a lot of goodness in this world. You know, there is going to be definitely things that we need to worry about what AI can do negatively to human beings. But I think it's very exciting for pharma marketing, especially next 12 months, we're going to see so many changes. And I hope that we catch up again. And hey, here's the synthetic progress interviewing for the next podcast for you, maybe.
0: Yeah, you could send your fake guy and just hang out on the beach in in (laughs) Florida. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, Farouk. Obviously, I I love talking to you and we should check in in like six months because I'm sure it's going to be significantly down the road, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Farm Exec Podcast, where we take you behind the headlines to provide expert tips from industry leaders. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter, at farmexec, on Instagram, at farmexecutive, and on YouTube, Pharmaceutical Executive Magazine. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of Exec, its parent company, or adv- advertisers. For editorial questions or to get in touch with the editors, please email us at farmexec at mjhlifesciences.com. For sponsorship opportunities, please go to farmexec.com backslash advertise. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.